Hello and welcome to the MCU Need to Know. I'm Trey. And I'm Jude. And this is going to be a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I think the best way that we can do this is probably give a little bit of a um, kind of our, our introduction. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and go first? Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm Jude. Uh Trey's cousin and he wanted to do this podcast and I thought why not uh being a lot of fun I listen to a lot of podcasts uh we both love the MCU and Marvel which might um, be an understatement <laughs> yeah oh my gosh the 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 number of text and and uh conversations we've had building up to Infinity War and I'd say even other movies that don't have that kind of build-up uh, I was going to say, I remember for Ant-Man, I think my, my, I think I knew before, but where it started to like really solidify how into the MCU you were is you were giving me like countdown to Ant-Man and the Wasp, but they were all Paul Rudd related gifts, which was yeah. like amazing. Yes. Yes. It was Paul Rudd related gifts. Uh, just counting down the days. Cause, uh, it, Hey, I loved Ant-Man. Me too. Uh, and I enjoyed Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like this, those were two fun movies. Um, and you know, oddly, some of my friends don't have those uh, very high on their list, or higher as high as I think they should have. I, I already started this podcast by lying. I need to clarify. At first, I didn't like Ant Man, but I re liked it when I went back and watched it. Like it, I don't know. I was in a weird headspace the first time I watched it, and then like I have since grown to like it. Yeah, no, I I really enjoyed that one the first time through, and at that time, I was watching a lot of of videos and stuff. And so mm-hmm. in those videos, I was trying to find out what it was about. So I knew going in to expect it like a heist movie. Mm-hmm. Which, I, actually, I think this kind of leads us pretty easily into uh, our connection to Marvel. Like, do you, I'll speak for me, I honestly wasn't even, I'm not a big comic fan. Like, even now, I don't read comics that well. They're, I appreciate the artwork, but the format doesn't work for me. My connection to Marvel has stemmed specifically from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. How about you? How when did Marvel kind of become uh, the center of your fandom? I think I'll be honest. I think the the movies brought me back to Marvel uh, in middle school. I would cut the grass, and that money went to the comic shop. I actually got X Men and more DC. Believe it or not, Superman, Batman, and the X Men were my thing. I always loved Spider Man, but it was the Spider Man cartoon at the at the time back in the eighties. Uh, I think Spider-Man and Super Friends or something like that. It's on Disney Plus now, I believe. That kind of brought me back to there. And then I started going back to the local comic shop, picked up the Spider-Gwen. It was, what, 2014 when Spider-Gwen first came out uh, in Silk, right after their um, Spider-Verse storyline. And I started picking up those comics, started picking up Amazing Spider-Man, and it was around that time. He's Peter Parker's just coming back after the superior spider-man run i believe somebody's gonna listen to this and correct my timeline i'm sure um what else are podcasts for i I, I tell you what i'm hoping someone's gonna listen to this and correct my timeline Uh. that's how you know we'll made it is when people are sending in tweets and and correcting us (laughs) yes uh but essentially right around there is where i started getting right back into comics and then started drawing again and found uh artist todd knock um and started following other artists, uh, particularly, again, for some reason, I was just drawn to Marvel and Spider-Man and Iron Man uh, and the X-Men. 
And I'm trying to get you to read more comics. I know it, it is. It is. It is a sin. It is crazy. Like as much as I love the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the fact that I can't and I've tried multiple times. I even own, I think, the first four issues of the Vision Run that came out. I think like a couple years ago, and I'm there's only five issues, and for whatever reason, I just never went back and finished it. Like I, the, I bounce off the comic format for what for whatever reason. Yeah. See, I need to go get those, uh, especially with it. With the show coming out, I what I've been getting and trying to stay up with was the Miss Marvel run for some reason. So I did read that. Yeah, it, it's really good. It spoke to me, and I think because of my daughters, mm-hmm. uh, my oldest would read that sometimes as well. So that's just kind of where I'm at right now. On the topic of Marvel sense, it goes back even further for me. Like I, for me, like with when it comes to superheroes, like I knew Batman, I knew Spider Man, because I think in the '90s there was a uh, a Spider Man animated show on Nickelodeon that I would watch, but it wasn't like it wasn't too deep. And I watched the Raimi Spider Man movies, and I liked those well enough. But if speaking of being called out on our timeline, if I'm remembering correctly, I remember being really burnt out from Spider Man Three, like because that one I think generally is regarded as kind of a disappointment. And I was in that camp. And I think shortly after, the Iron Man trailer dropped. And I remember specifically watching that trailer and thinking, nah, I don't want to see that. That's, I'm, that's not into, I'm not into that. And it's so funny to me that my first connection to the Marvel Cinematic Universe was like just a general not interested whatsoever uh, to now where it is. For those who don't know, because I forgot to introduce myself, I used to stream on Twitch. Like my entire almost theme for my emotes were all, all Marvel based. Like I am full on fanboy mode now. I think your timing's right. Because I remember seeing Spider-Man 3. Basically, my brother and friend were up and it was... They were up for the weekend. It was my bachelor party esque kind of kind of thing, and just we went and saw Spider Man three. And I remember feeling, I remember enjoying it, but also being very extremely disappointed at the same time, and trying to hide that disappointment. It, it was that con- <laughs> trying to convince yourself that you yeah. liked it because I remember I we I went with my dad, and I I think we took like two or three of my friends. Like this was like. We were like all going to hang out. And so he took us to the movies. And I remember like walking down because, you know, our local theater, I walking down out the front steps of the theater just thinking, yeah, that was cool. Like I was trying to like justify it to everybody else who just did not like it. And I was like, man, this this maybe I don't like superheroes. (laughs) Yeah. And I've actually went back because I think it's on Netflix now uh, Mm -hmm. as of today. And I enjoyed it, you know. Really? Um, Yeah, it's. I mean, it was fun. It was Spider-Man. It wasn't, like, great. It wasn't the best. It was... Uh, I mean, it was... You're on Netflix. It's You're bored. And I watched it again, just thought I'm going to give it a shot. And I did enjoy it. I don't know. It, it, it was... I think I might have been too harsh on it. Or mm-hmm. I'm either getting old and not being as critical as I used to be. Well, no, because I, I definitely went through a phase where I was like hypercritical of movies because I thought that's the way you're you're supposed to be a movie critic. It's a lot easier for me to 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 kind of pull out the things I do enjoy, but I just I haven't gone back and, and rewatched it since. Which is crazy because like and this is tangent on tangent. I, I remember one of the first Blu-rays I bought was Spider-Man 3, just because I remember specifically thinking, like, oh, I want to see how good this looks on the Blu-ray format. But other than like skipping to like a scene or here or there, I have haven't seen it since I think that that walk of shame out of the theater. Right. No, I didn't. That is one I did not purchase. I watched it because it was on Netflix. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, so you're not vouching for it that much. Yeah, I mean to give you an idea where I stand. Like as much as I love Spider Man, um, I still have not seen Amazing Spider Man two. Really? 
yeah, I just after that first one, I just wasn't interested. To me, I thought Toby was better than Andrew Garfield, and so I just it wasn't for me. And I thought, okay, I'll see it on rent or whatnot, and that never happened. Then Tom Holland happened, and why go back? Exactly. <laughs> I will say this uh, regarding I'll go out in this limb with you. The Amazing Spider-Man Two. I would have walked out of that movie had I not gone with friends. Like I was, I was so like, this is just bad. I would have walked out, but I had gone out with a group of friends to see it. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be the, the fuddy duddy that, that ruins the mood. But man, it was just like, it was bad. Uh, I've seen clips and I, I feel comfortable saying I have not seen that one. I was like talking about disappointment in trying to prepare for the first Avengers. I had not seen incredible Hulk. And I ran to oh. Blockbuster to give you an idea. Like Blockbusters were still open, and I picked up. <laughs> I picked up that. I picked up Captain America: First Avengers. Like I gotta watch these to get ready for Avengers. And I accidentally grabbed Hulk, the Ang Lee one. Oh no! Oh, I I didn't finish it, but it was, expecting one thing and getting that that was unbelievably disappointing. And which the Incredible Hulk is already on kind of a lot of people's lower totem poles. So I can only imagine. Have you seen the Incredible Hulk since? Yeah, I saw it. I actually liked it. Um, yeah, I like it too. You know, I mean, I I agree. It's down on the lower end of it, of mm-hmm. those movies. But I actually enjoyed it. I, I From what I've understood, they were like, they were just kind of throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks with both Iron Man and Incredible Hulk. Because I think they only came out within two months of each other. And it was Marvel's attempt at trying to figure out, like, which direction they wanted to go. And obviously, Iron Man took off with the success it did. So tonally, Incredible Hulk is a lot different than any of the other ones. But I, I they're still good to be had. With Black Widow on the horizon, I, I love that they've kept Ross. Like, that connection is still there between those movies. Oh, yeah. Like, I, it is, I do feel like it is a darker movie, tonally. But I'd say the same thing of Iron, the first two Iron Mans that when you look at where the MCU is totally now Mm -hmm. versus that even first, I mean, Captain America, first Avengers, he's busting through the door with a handgun and shooting and killing people Mm -hmm. in such a way that you wouldn't see now, you know? Yeah. Now he just kicks them and breaks their, their, their spines as they land against the side of a ship. You know what? Knockout, knockout kick. That's all. That's fine. It's better than (laughs) right. If it works for Batman, why can't it work for the MCU? Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, as long as we're now here in the MCU proper, what is your favorite MCU movie? And what is who is your favorite MCU hero? Because I don't think they have to be the, the same. Uh, my favorite MCU movie still might be Spider-Man Homecoming. Really? Yeah. And, and, and keep in mind, I'm coming from it from which one do I go to and watch over and over regularly? Right. Or it's just like if I'm looking for something to watch. I'll kind of default back to that one for some reason. I just, mm-hmm. to me, they just captured Spider-Man so well that that's the one I keep going back to. I, I yeah, one because you mentioned how, like, once you go Tom Holland, how could you go back to any of the other Spider-Mans? Like, Tom Holland is Spider-Man. He embodies the role really well. And the thing that I think I personally like about Homecoming is that it is clearly cemented in the MCU, but not in a way that it feels beholden to it like it still feels like it's its own thing uh while still being nestled in the mcu itself yeah i i i agree like the way they did the the start cameos or referred to the other movies it just felt natural 
mm-hmm. um, in, in such a way that it wasn't uh, what what's the word I'm looking for? Not, like you could watch that on your uh, on its own mm-hmm. and, and be fine. It's standalone. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't find that. <laughs> would you say that Spider-Man is your favorite MCU hero or would that differ for you? God, uh, if you want to think have, on it, I can. You know what? You go. Let me think. Let me think. Okay, yeah, think on it. So as for me, I it's anybody who knows me knows that my favorite superhero in the MCU is easily Captain Mantis. America. Mantis. Mantis. <laughs> it's definitely Mantis. And what's funny, again, I'm a, I, the, the theme of this episode is going to be Trey's Marvel Sins. Um, I remember before the MCU, like, I had heard of Captain America, and I was like, oh, that's the cheesiest character ever. That's so dumb. Like, because Spider-Man, I was, any kid growing in the 90s, like, Spider-Man was my go-to superhero but it wasn't until really honestly it wasn't even until winter soldier that i like completely fell in love with captain america as a superhero i don't know from that like from winter soldier 4 that's when i started realizing how much i enjoyed him as a character and winter soldier is easily my favorite mcu movie you and i have had discussions about this before because i think we we have traded like what our top five marvel movies are and for forever winter soldier was at the top of the list. Then Endgame came out, and I'm still like I still go back and forth. But if we go by the metric of which ones we can easily go back to and watch over and over again, the amount of times that I have watched Winter Soldier is is bonkers. I think that's the one. You know, be honest, uh, Winter Soldiers. I had not yet reached where I was seeing all of them in the theater yet. Really? Um, in fact, oh yeah. In fact, I saw that at home on DVD rental. I think Redbox, mm-hmm. and I had a junior. Uh, I teach by the way. Uh, but I had a junior who would come to school and ask me if I'd seen winter soldier yet and get angry with me and not like a <laughs> fake play angry, like legitimately, what are you seriously doing? Anger problems. And I'm like, okay, wow. In some ways I'd say deservedly. So it was such a good movie. It's incredible. Speaking of standalone, I feel like Winter Soldier can be on its own enjoyed as a movie without having to have the ties to the other superhero movies. Like it's it and it's almost weird how like dealing with all like the the big brother and and information surveillance like it was very uh, prophetic in a way. Uh, Kind of what became like the the topic of conversation for people who have security issues and and, and privacy concerns. Well, it, it came out right around all the Ed Snowden stuff. So I mean, mm-hmm. it was really timely. Yeah. And it, and it still holds up, I think, in that regard. So you you mentioned something that I kind of now want to know. So which you hadn't seen the Marvel movies in the theater up to that one or just not seeing all of them? I had not seen all of them. Okay. So it was, I think it might have been Age of Ultron where it became, it's a must-see in the theater every time. Because I know like Thor, Dark World, that was a red box. Guardians of the Galaxy. I didn't see that in the theater. Was it just, you know, you know, life happens, couldn't get to the theater? Or did you have not have interest in seeing it in the theater? A, a mix of both. There was, an, there was an element of, okay, life happens, I couldn't get to the theater. But, I mean, let's be honest. If I had the level of interest that I had starting with about late Age of Ultron on, I'd have made time. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, I did, I've made time on all the others. So yep. that's... So it was a mix of that, of like, yes, it's a Marvel movie, it's MCU. Um, but I don't even know if MCU, I'd have to double check, but I don't know if MCU was as mainstay. Did we just said MCU and everybody knew what it was mm-hmm. around that time yet? When would you say that became a thing? Like the MCU became a, a normal term for everybody? I think I, for me, I'd have to say after Age of Ultron, 
you know, because going into Age of Ultron, it was just, oh, this is the Avengers sequel. Yeah. You know, so I'd have to say around there. Yeah, I had to think about that, but that's where I would probably say where MCU started to become a thing was was after that. Because um, after that's when you really started to get the bigger plans, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and building up to something bigger than just the Avengers movies. Correct me if I'm wrong. We we because again we have a Discord that we shared in my streaming community. We just had this debate not too long ago. Does it Phase Two end with Ultron or Ant Man? I want to say Ant Man. Not Ant Man. Uh, I, 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 no, I want to say. God, now that you ask me, I know. Remember. Basically, my larger point was going to be to me going to what you said, where the movies feel a lot more planned out and projected. Phase Three, honestly, I think is where. It's just like to, it's my favorite phase, I think, of the Marvel because right. everything went crazy. But if, if I had to pinpoint exactly the moment MCU became like a, a, a household term, it's got to be Captain America: Civil War. Uh, I think the news of Spider-Man joining, to overuse a phrase, broke the internet, and I think that's when people started making this distinction of what is MCU or what isn't MCU. No, and that makes sense. That I mean, mm-hmm. that that really does make sense because. I mean, with Avengers, it's a it's it's a build up to a team up movie. Age of Ultron, you had to build up to a team up movie. But God, I mean, if I think about it, going building up to Age of Ultron, there was callbacks to the sequels between those two, but it wasn't like a concluding. They just kind of got together. Mm-hmm. If if that makes sense, um, with kind of bits and pieces here they called back to, but between that. And getting up to Captain America, they you know there was this more Captain America three, and especially after that, there was such intentionality of everything being interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, you'd you'd have to say somewhere in that time frame, MCU is where it became or commonplace to refer yeah. to MCU. All right, so do you have you thought on the MCU hero or would can I have two? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. This, is, this is our first episode. We can set the rules now. All right, awesome. Uh, so, honestly, I'm going to go Spider-Man and Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's kind of a cop-out in some way. Uh, for me, Spider-Man, because I just I love Spider-Man, and Tom Holland just nails it for me. You know, So I'll, I'll go with, you know, he's one of my favorite characters, but, I mean, he hasn't, he's had, what, two solo movies, a small bit part in Captain America Civil War, some time in Infinity War. I don't, I mean, when the when the Sony deal fell through for a brief moment in time, my thought was, God, that was such a waste of use of that character in Endgame because it was so little screen time in what he did as far as that contract. So my other one goes to Iron Man because it's just those two. I mean, they all fit the part really well, but those two, Tom Holland, Robert Downey Jr., just make those characters. Mm-hmm. And then Iron Man being that, even in movies he doesn't show up in that thread that pulls everything through those two have to be my favorite and that makes complete sense uh, the other day on the uh the marvel subreddit marvel studios i saw a post where somebody like they had all the marvel cinematic universe movies on blu-ray and what they did is they went and they pulled out every movie where stark or the stark family is mentioned and i don't think you go more than like a movie or two without tony stark or his family being mentioned like they are tony was like such a, a the backbone of the mcu like i totally get that but well back in phase what phase one 
mm-hmm. they were doing those one shots, which I miss. Um, the one yeah. shot in Incredible Hulk. They got Robert Downey Jr. to come back and play Stark. Um, and it was called The Consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So even in those, like, he still is there. To me, they're they're so intertwined. Like, I think I'll I'll count that as one as one answer. I think that goes well. Do you what do you see the MCU going now that we've kind of completed the first big saga of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the Infinity Saga? Um, let's see. In some ways, what I'm hoping for in some ways is more of what we saw in Thor Ragnarok in terms of those team ups. Mm-hmm. So we can see those characters more. I don't really want them to stray too much from, I hate to say this, but the formula in, in that, like, I would like to see him introduce new characters um, and give them their individual movies to develop. Even if you introduce them in the same way Spider-Man was introduced or like, say, Black Panther was introduced, where they show up in some other movie, but they still get their solo movie. Because mm-hmm. um, it, for me, it gives me a chance to fall in love with those characters, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I loved Captain Marvel. Got to take, and I love Captain Marvel for a number of reasons. A, I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the character, and enjoyed the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I got to take my daughters to see it, and my daughters loved it. Right? I mean, that's probably their favorite superhero movie now. So that's since it was an interesting connection that if you want to understand, she shot Brie Larson shot the in game tag, uh, the in game uh, scenes before they even did that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and if she just showed up randomly, and I mean, I think everybody would agree with this. What's the point? Like, you, you don't know this character. You know, so I I'd hope they still follow that format a little bit. You know, I'll be honest. Like, I'm excited about the Disney Plus shows. I'm a little nervous about them, just because of the change in episode format. I mean, I mean, they're still. I trust them to do well, but like, I hope I get four four one hour, you know, shows rather than like, oh, here's thirty minutes, mm-hmm. um, and really get to explore those characters. I was going to say, what about you? What What's your expectations moving forward? So I think where we differ, like I, I'm still on the side, like I definitely want to see the, the format with the movies and the individual movies and launching new characters, you know, crossovers uh, like with Black Panther and, and Spider-Man. But for me, uh, where I differ, I think the strength of the MCU moving forward is going to be through Disney+. Plus. I I do I am a little worried about whether or not that becomes a success because you're going to have to grapple with the problem of how do you tell this continuous universe story where you're now introducing these television shows that people may or may not watch so how how reliant can you be on them but if Disney and Marvel is able to pull it off and make the Disney Plus shows feel like they matter I think that's where we're going to start to see the MCU have more weight because one of my biggest problems, like I think it's easy to kind of like overlook it, but within this first infinity saga, I think they did a lot of telling us versus showing us. For example, the friendship between Tony and Steve was supposed to be a little bit more heavy, like a a lot more impactful once they have their falling out in civil war, but we never really see them interact together together in good terms until they kind of start splitting it what i think 
and if we can see the MCU fill in those gaps with the Disney Plus shows with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Loki, like, I I don't know. Like, I'm excited to see what they do with that. And I, I hope it turns out really well. Well, well, you know, following the comic book format, you know, thinking like um, reading the Civil War, like you're the graphic novel of the original Civil War storyline. Uh, what, seven comics, eight comics? I can't remember the exact number, but you can read those comics. But it was a big event in the comics. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a graphic novel of comics of called Peter Parker to see the impact it had on Peter Parker. There's one on Spider-Man, one for like Panther, one for the X-Men. All of those were attached to the event, but the, the main civil war graphic novel gave you the main story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm imagining like if they, if they do that, you can still see the movies not see the Disney Plus shows, you know, and if you want to, like, dive in extra, you know, here's the appendix or whatever, go into this, you know. And so I think I think it can be done. There's this fear, and we've experienced it recently, um, to bring up Rise of Skywalker, where, <laughs> well, I mean, when when you have to, like, in that one, there's stuff that wasn't in the movie that they're like, oh, yeah, but if you go see this book, or read the novelization, it's there, right? This yeah. isn't something we missed, you know? And, and, and so, like, you know, I, I trust, I guess, Mar- Marvel and Kevin Feige to pull this off. But, like, there's, there's that fear then of, like, well, do I really, or do people really, can they really not see these shows um, and get it? Or is there going to be that feeling of, like, no, if if it's important enough for the movie, find a way to put it in the movie. You know, mm-hmm. um, so that would be my my fear. I guess maybe for a larger audience, I don't have to worry about that because I'm going to watch the Disney Plus shows, right? Um, and talk about it with you on this podcast. But mm-hmm. um, so I'm not worried about that. But I, probably for a general, like a larger audience, like if you're looking at where's the MCU future going and trying to make it um, fresh and sustainable, um, that would be a concern. Do you, because I, I, from what I've understood, I think Kevin Feige and, and the rest of Marvel have said they're kind of trying not to plan too far ahead because they felt like that was a, a wall they wrote themselves into whenever they were like putting out these release dates for these movies and then having to shuffle them around. So I don't think we're going to know this for a while, but do you have who you would want to be the next big bad in mind? The next Thanos, I would, I guess. I think the two most logical choices, one is going to be Galactus, mm-hmm. uh, and, and mainly because if you're going to introduce the Fantastic Four, bring in Galactus, bring in Silver Surfer, um, and then one my good friend from work keeps pushing is Kang, the Conqueror, mm-hmm. um, and mainly because of the time travel, like, yeah. you know, since Kang deals with time as a villain, and you've now messed with time and time travel, it seems like a logical choice. Uh, so it seems like one of those two, but I, again, I hope it's that slow burn getting up to that for me. And again, because I mentioned that most of my Marvel knowledge stems from the MCU, but I, I, you know, I browse the subreddit. I kind of see the, uh, the theories and whatnot. My hope and I, what I would love would be able to see like a Norman Osborn kind of like be this continuous threat in the background of the MCU. And like, he becomes one of the, the larger threats that they have to deal with. Yeah, see, it, I would love to see Norman Osborn, um, and that's and then you get into really murky waters because you start talking about the Sinister Sticks, the the Sinister Six, 
you know, and, and Sony and how long is that deal going to go? Yeah. So they're like Norman Osborn would be fun. But when you start talking about like an, an infinity war in game level threat, you know, you got to be talking, you got to be talking or the worldly, you got to be talking those two. You got to be talking maybe apocalypse way, way down the road. Mm-hmm. when uh, you finally get the X-Men in there. I don't mm-hmm. know. Doctor Doom seems like a good big bad for a team-up Avengers maybe movie, but if, if you're talking like an epic build-up, you got to give somebody who's going to give Captain Marvel a run for their money, otherwise it's a short movie. Yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> Just put her off world. It's okay. Well, huh? I'll forgive it. i think that about does it for uh our first introductory episode um i think one of the things we had in mind for the mcu need to know is that we want to cover the marvel cinematic universe movies as they're coming out as well as the disney plus shows at the time of that of this recording uh when movies are being released are still in flux due to everything that's going on yeah, at the uh, time of this recording, when the, when then all cinemas are closed. Yeah, during uh, this coronavirus outbreak, uh, we don't know when movies will happen or if they'll happen or whether or not Black Widow will be released digitally. Let me say this on that. I'm torn. I, I yeah. want it digitally so I can see it mm-hmm. and we can do our thing. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know if I... I kind of want to just at this point wait and let's just see it in the theater. It, you know? it is so unfair for Scarlett Johansson and Black Widow, the character who has been long overdue their own solo movie. Uh, that this <laughs> to, that to this have the Disney Plus treatment, yeah, yeah, and I, I, I and like I, don't get me wrong, we're speaking within the total scope of entertainment right now. Obviously, there's a whole lot more things that are going on that are, are terrible, yes, but within there, the scope of the There are many MCU, things that are important, but... <laughs> but it's it sucks for Black Widow that, that this is happening to them on their movie that should have been out years ago. Yeah, de- most definitely. Uh, do you... How... I guess this, you know, we can kind of preview Black Widow a little bit. How do you feel about Phase 4 basically being started off with a prequel? Uh, I'm okay with that. Like... I mean, A, like you said, she's deserved this movie. It's time. And I'm okay with that to start jumping around. I mean, because at this point, the only way, I mean, I guess aside from Thor, the only way you're really going to start to see the characters we know and love again is with some of those prequels or things like that. I mean, you're going to get your Guardians of Galaxy 3, but they're going to be dealing with Fallout of Endgame. You know, the Gamora's in it. It's not going to be the Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. So I'm I'm all, I'm fine with the prequels. I think honestly it's the the logical step. Uh I mean I know we had uh Far From Home as the post in-game movie, but even that still kind of felt directly tied into everything that happened with the snap and the larger Avengers movies. After going through everything that happened, it almost feels like you need to take a step back and reground the MCU moving forward and, and telling a smaller um, contained story with Black Widow seems to be a way to kind of bring everybody back down a little bit, I guess. That sounds so negative than I mean it, but no. like as, as far as like scale wise, bring it back down from in game. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, that's that was one of the wonderful things about Ant-Man and the Wasp, right? Infinity War just happened. 
Um, that was kind of a prequel to Infinity War. And it was kind of like, here's your upbeat movie or film uh, to, you know, to such a downer that in some ways it made Spider-Man. Now, I loved Spider-Man uh, Homecoming, not Homecoming, Far From Home. Uh, well, I loved Homecoming, but in Far From Home as the follow up to Endgame, you had to deal with that, you know, and mm-hmm. and. And you still had that as much as it was a fun Spider-Man movie, you still had the hangover, that end game hangover, mm-hmm. um, you know, of everything is now different and ended where at least with Ant-Man and the Wasp, you're able to kind of kind of set that aside for a minute, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that is a good way to to move forward with such a beloved character. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens with that movie, whether or not they release it traditionally or whether it, it gets released digitally. Uh, whatever happens with it, uh, we're definitely going to be talking about it here as well as uh, the Disney Plus shows in the future. And I'm I'm really excited to be able to do that. I'm excited. Um, this is going to be fun. Yeah. And, and thank you so much for uh, for doing this with me. This is going to be a fun venture and hopefully something that we uh, we can both keep up with. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for those listening, uh, if you would like to chime in with your thoughts on this episode or even answer the question who your favorite MCU hero slash movie is, you can tweet us at MCU Need to Know on Twitter. Uh, and I believe it's the same name on Instagram as well, which they, you know, feel free to tag us there. Uh, but until next time, uh, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>